Doctor down front here is, uh, had a birthday this last week, 95 years old this past Wednesday. Happy birthday, Doc. God bless you. God bless you. Lives on Boca Grande out there, but he's got the place where he has to have somebody help him get here, and uh, he loves to come here. So maybe, maybe if uh, you know, he sits right up here at the front, if that might be something that y'all might want to do sometime, help a little bit, there he is, okay? But I know he loves God. He loves his word. He loves me. I know you love me. And uh, he, whenever COVID happened, he's a doctor of many years, and your father was a doctor, is that correct? So that's a lot of medicine. You 95 plus him, that's old. That's a long time, man. But you know what? And I don't want to get sideways on this, but when we COVID hit, we, I just figured it was simple for me that we just stay open. It was just that simple for me. It was simple because people during crisis need a place to go. They need a place to go if the whole world's going to hell, okay? It was just meant to me we got to keep this place open. Whoever comes will be who comes. If they're infirm, maybe they'll stay home. I have no idea. I felt fine. I'm going to keep having church. But you know what did me a lot of good? You know who was here? Doc was here. The doctor who's 95. He said, I'm proud of you. That's all I needed. As a doctor of all that many years, all that knowledge, and his daddy was a doctor, when he told me I'm proud of you for keeping this place open, that was the best thing he could have told me. I'll tell you that right now. Because I didn't know. Amen. But we made it, didn't we, say? We made it just fine. We made it just fine. God's been good to us, period. Amen. But thank you, Doc, for being a blessing to me. Amen. I appreciate you. You still hear me all right? You still hear pretty good? So-so. It helps. Good, 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 good. Thank you. Here we go. Let's go to God's Word. Amen. Here we go. Here we go. Let's go to God's Word today. I'm in a series called Jesus Gets Me. It's the most difficult title I've ever come up with in my life that try to get messages to match. You can come up with a title all day for series. And I've been doing it for years. But the difficult thing was I, I wanted it to be my Easter series. So he gets me. Ooh, now I'm in a box. Because I want to explain and talk about, you know, Passion Week and the resurrection. I'll talk about today, the disciples, etc. Because this is huge. This is what we need. We need to be firm as believers in Christ on this right here. We don't need fluff. We need stuff, baby, that's solid as our faith. And that's what our faith is right here. So... Anyway, so it's been a little bit of challenge, but it's been good for me. been good for me. So we gave several messages on Passion Week. Uh, we talked about this one. Go ahead, buddy. That Jesus understands. He gets me. He understands trials, doesn't he? He understands temptation. You think he knows what rejection feels like? You, know, you, you think he knows what betrayal feels like? Yeah, being left. Yeah, yeah. Being abused, humiliated. So that's what we, he gets us. He gets us. That was message one. Passion week. Number two was Easter Sunday. He became sin for me. Just for me. Ha! That's crazy. Nobody gets you like Jesus gets you. What does that mean? He doesn't just see what we do and feel what we do. He knows what we do. You know, but, but when we sin, that was laid on him. Now, that's a crazy kind of thinking. What, what do you mean, my past sins? Every sin you commit or ever will commit has been laid on Him. You think He gets you or not? 
Why do we hide from Him? Not only does He know it, He died for it. Isn't that crazy, yes or no? And that should motivate us to want to live for Him. We're still sinners. Let's take a poll. How many, some way, somehow, this past week, you most likely sinned at least once? Can I see some hands? Well, what I'm saying is we're sinners. He became sin for us. Who knew no sin? And so that was that week's message. Last week's message, of course, was the Sunday after the resurrection. And I gave a lot of message on the fact that He knows we doubt. What do you mean? He knows we doubt. We are people who doubt. Yes or no? Yes or no? We doubt stuff. In this world we live in today, you better be doubting some stuff. It's crazy. They tell you ups, down, and downs up. Tell you you can be a female when you're a male and a male when you're a female. It's all crazy. Do you hear me or not? Doesn't matter what somebody says. And that's not being ugly. That's telling the truth. It's crazy. But if you don't believe you're made in the image of God, male and female created He them, if you just discount the Bible, then anything goes. But to the believer in Christ, anything doesn't go. God's Word is God's Word. Truth is truth. Amen? So, anyway, but He knows we doubt. <laughs> and so I love the fact He's our shepherd. and We're sheep, and sheep aren't the brightest animals. And we doubt and we struggle. But... He gave us so much ammo on the resurrection. And that was last week's message. I mean, he, did, he could have just said, I'm God, I resurrected, shut up. But he didn't do that. He loves us. And so he gave us this group and this person. And even the two jokers walking by the road. I gave them some time last week and talked about them. He walked along with two jokers. And, uh, and then before, before long, had, him, had supper with them. Remember? And explained to them the Scriptures and uh, revealed that to, to them that He was the Christ. It was beautiful, the risen Savior. So He knows we doubt, and I just want us to know that. Okay? Some churches will teach you, if you don't have faith, bless God, if you don't have faith, amen. Listen, listen, listen. He knows we doubt. That's not to say without faith. It's, the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please Him. God wants us to believe in Him and trust Him. But he also knows it's a journey. You hear me or not? Okay? So here's today's message. I met with Roger this week like I have done for 20 years in my office. And he comes up with the graphics in the background. I told him, I said, Rog, I want a door. I want a door that has an opening in it. Now, I didn't know if he'd fling it open wide. I don't know. I just gave him my thoughts. And so that's the door he gave us today. Is the door shut? No, it ain't shut. Now, a lot of times, I'm talking about today, he gets me. He steps into my fear. He steps into my room. My room. You're going to see in just a minute what I'm talking about. But he steps into my fear. So often, though, our door is shut. Y'all hear me or not? I mean, that door is shut. Here's the cool thing. Here's the cool thing. All you have to do is open it just a little bit. You understand? Now, this ain't a good comparison. They say a rat can get through just like a tiny hole of a wire. That sucker can just go right through that thing. Listen, listen. 
You just give a little opening and Jesus can come into your dark place. You hear me? So Roger, great job on the door. I see it. I get it. I understand it. Amen? So Jesus steps into fear. My room. Would you say my room with me a couple of times? My room. Again, my room. My room. Many of y'all that know me, have known me for the years, and plus you've heard me talk and talk all these years, you get to know me pretty good probably. Uh, And I preach out of my life. What does that mean? I try not to tell y'all to do stuff that I ain't doing. Or I try not to give messages on stuff I don't know anything about. Well, I know something about darkness. I know something about, for years as as a pastor, just kept myself sort of closed. And no one knew the pain and the struggle I was going through. For years, it nearly killed me. And bad things can happen to us and, and, and do that to us. Are y'all hearing me? Do you understand what I'm saying? Let's raise hand. How many would say, Pastor, I get where you're coming from? Okay, good. Then I'm on the right track. So let's keep going. Here we go. So today's message is Jesus steps into fear, my room. I thought you were talking about the resurrection and Christ. I am. Give me a second. Here we go. So here's Jesus crucified. Three days has passed. It's Sunday night. Resurrection Sunday evening. And Jesus comes into his disciples and he, I'm sorry, my fault, I got ahead of myself. This is prior to that. Let's back it up. This is before the resurrection ever happened. Let's build it up. It's fine. We're going to be fine. So he's had the last supper with the disciples. Jesus comes to his disciples. They're in the garden. He finds them sleeping. He says, he asks them, pray with me. And he says, Peter, couldn't you watch with me just an hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The Spirit's willing, man, but your flesh is so weak. Then Jesus went away again the second time, and he prayed and said, Oh, my Father, if this cup may pass from me, not pass from me except I drink it, your will be done, Father. He came and found them sleeping again, for their eyes were what? Heavy. He left them. He went away again. He prayed the third time. He said the same words to his Father. Then he comes to his disciples. He says to them, there they are again, sleeping. Good grief. He says, sleep on now. Take your rest. The hour's at hand now. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hand of sinners. Sort of sad, ain't it? I make, we're going to get to a point. This is a point. He says, rise, get up. Get up, guys. Let's be going. He that is going to betray me is here. And while he yet spoke, Judas, one of the twelve, came with a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomever I kiss, that's the joker you better grab on to. Because I've seen him do some crazy miracles. Hold him fast. And forthwith Judas came and he kissed Jesus and he said, Hail, Master. And he kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, would you say it? Friend. Don't ever forget that. Wherefore are you come? Then came they and they laid hands on Jesus and they took him. And behold, one of them which was with Jesus, that's Peter. We see that in another book in the Bible. He stretched forth out his hand. He got his sword and he cut off the ear of a high priest's servant. Another gospel tells us his name was Malchus. 
Cut off his ear. Wow. And Jesus said, put up your sword. For all they that take the sword will perish by the sword. Think not that I cannot now pray to my Father and He will presently give me more than twelve legions of angels. There was a great old song written on that. Remember the name of it? He could have called, how many? Ten thousand angels. That's where that came from. But then if I do that, how are the Scriptures going to be fulfilled? I didn't come all this way to do that, Jesus says. In that same hour, said Jesus to the multitudes, Are you come out against me as a thief with swords and staves to take me? I sat with you teaching in the temple. You didn't lay a hand on me there. Say this with me, please. But all this was done that the Scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Very, very important you say this loud. Ready? Then all the disciples forsook Him and... Was Peter the only one who left Jesus? No. How many left Him? There you go. Most people don't know that in the Bible. Everybody. Let me ask you a question. If Peter left Him, if all the disciples left Him... You think there's a good chance you and I might leave him? Yes or no? At some point, sometime in our life, when stuff happens, very good chance. So they all checked out. That's what they did. They all failed, and they failed what? We're talking about Jesus steps into their fear. We're not there yet. I got ahead of myself, but that's okay. I'm catching up. Now, one thing I've learned, if failure does anything, it increases what? I need you to say that out loud. If failure does anything, it increases what? Now, I've seen this happen. When people fail, when people fail people and hurt people and, and really a colossal failure in their life, it's funny how we can, how we can just, instead of, it comes across sometimes even bold. You know, we go, oh, I'm good, I'm, you know, I'm good. Made a mess of my life, but I'm fine, I'm good. You understand what I'm saying? Failure doesn't make you bolder. Failure makes you fear. You hear me? And I'm not talking about just failure you've done. It's failure somebody else has done to you. It can, it can really create a lot of fear. But these boys, they really, really, they really let the Lord down. And the disciples' failure didn't make them bolder. It made them more what? It did. It made them more fearful than they'd ever been before. And if I'm boring you to tears, hang on. It's going to get better. It was all over. They're scared to death now. The disciples, they're scared to death. Because Jesus had been brutally killed. And they thought they were what? It's common sense. They crucified Jesus. So you think they're going to let these guys who are just nobody, underlings, keep running their mouth about Jesus? No, they're going to shut their mouth. And every one of them is going to be on a cross crucified. And they all knew it. And so what have they done? They've gotten together. They're scared to death. And they're huddled together in a room together, ready to die. Does that make sense or not? Am I blowing this out of proportion? 
No. And because of their failure and the reality of what had just happened to Jesus, the disciples could not have been more afraid. That's when what? The resurrected Jesus came to them. And guess what? He's still risen. And He can come to you. And this is where the message is going to turn a little bit now. We're still talking about disciples, but I'm talking about us. So Jesus is going to do what? He's going to what? And to their fear. Wouldn't that be nice for you today? If you're really struggling today, you're really hurting today, your life is sort of screwed up. Wouldn't it be nice to open that door a little bit and let Him step into your fear? Just think about it. So here it was. It was Sunday. It was Resurrection Day. But it was what time of day? It's in the evening. It's in the evening. Sunday, the first day of the week, evening. Being the first day of the week. And their doors were what? Why are they shut? They're shut because they're assembled. Say it out loud. It's really important. For what? Fear of the Jews. And what happened? Whoop! Jesus came. And stood in the middle of that room. He's in the room. And he says to them, he doesn't say a lot. He says plenty. He says, say it out loud with me. He says to them what? Peace be unto you. Wow. He stepped into this crazy fear. Who knows what they were saying? Who knows what cuss words were flying? Oh, maybe you get real spiritual when somebody's about to kill you. I don't know. I think we handle it differently. Who knows? Were they fighting inside that room? Who knows what they were doing? Who, I have no idea. But what did Jesus say? There was definitely unrest inside that room, wasn't there? Because the words that flew out of his mouth were, Peace be unto you. What does that mean? Now, this is me talking. Jesus stepped into that room full of fear. And maybe that's you today. Maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe you're just hurting so bad you've lost somebody. Maybe you're facing us. I had a situation this week. Somebody came to see me. It wasn't them. They didn't do it. But because their family has done something, it's, it's killing them. Y'all hear me or not? And they're just so screwed up because of something somebody else has done. So I don't know your situation today, but I know this. Jesus wants to enter your room. And so he came into that room and he said, peace be unto you. Now this is my strong opinion. What did he mean when he said that? What did he mean to these disciples? Here's what I wrote this summer. I wrote these thoughts this summer. I'm not angry with you. I'm not angry with you. You denied me. <laughs> you ran from me. You left me. But I'm not angry with you. How would that make some of you feel today? You've got yourself locked in a room. Maybe you've done something terrible. I have no idea. But wouldn't it be nice to know that God loves you still? Wouldn't it be nice to know that He's not angry with you? 
How would that help? Would that maybe help? You know what else that word means to me? Peace be unto you. It means this. I love you. He loved these guys. Did he pick them? He picked you. He called you. He loves you. Yeah, but you don't know what I've done, Pastor. Hey, listen. He loves you. He loves you. Did you know that kind of love can radically change your life? It can put you on a path, of course, you've never been on before. That's why I love Chris's story that we told. Look at Chris. Look at Chris. What a beautiful story of a life turned around. Amen. And God wants to do that for you. He wants to enter your room. Would you say this out loud? I want us just to each say it together. I matter to, and you matter. One more time. I matter to, and you matter to Him, to Him, to Him. Our fears and failures don't separate us from His love. Say that out loud. I know you're getting, I'm getting on your nerves. That means I'm doing great. Here we go. Our fears and our failures don't separate us from His love. Okay? Where's that in the Bible? I'm glad you asked me. For I'm persuaded that neither death, life, angels, these are demons, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, height, death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus my Lord. Well, thank the Lord for that. Nothing. Boo! Absolutely. But here you are, locked in your room. You're locked in that room. you got that dark place. And guys, I'm speaking from experience. And I still have it. Please don't come up to me and get on to me afterwards because I'm being honest. Put your tail on stage. Watch what you'd say. I still have it. It ain't ain't a one and done at the Clark room. It ain't like Jesus just comes in. You're all good. (laughs) Oh. I don't know if you're like me or not, but but we have some dark stuff, don't we? Some hurt, some pain, some crap we've done. And he wants to come in, man. I look out here and I see such pain. I know many of you. I know you. I know you. Some of you. He wants to come into your room. You hear me? What would this look like in your room? Jesus saying, I'm not angry with you. Put that on a poster on your wall. And how about this one? I love you. Put that in your dark room with a little neon light on it. That's the God we serve. He gets us. Do you think when He saved us, He knew He thought we're going to be perfect. But do you think he knew when he saved us, we got some screw-ups here? You hear me or not? Do you think when he called the disciples, did it surprise him in the garden that Peter cut off that joker's ear? Did it surprise him that Judas betrayed him? Did it surprise him that every one of them left him? Did it surprise him? No. And you don't surprise him either. You hear me today or not? Jesus steps into our fear. It's a beautiful thought. 
What did he do when he walked in that room? He said, peace. He showed unto him his hands, his side. Say it with me. Then what? The what? The disciples were what? Glad when they what? I got a feeling you might be glad too. If you open up a little and start getting a little bit of glimpse of his love. And of his kindness and his forgiveness. You hear me or not? Pretty sure it's going to help a big deal. Then said Jesus to them again, and I love this part. He already said it once. What did he say the second time? Say it with me. Peace be what? He said it again because we're such hard-headed people. I mean, our rooms are dark, baby. I'm not angry with you. I love you. Uh, Say what? (laughs) How can that be? So he says it again. Peace be unto you. And then he says this. Say that last part with me. As my Father sent me, so what? Wonder how that made him feel. Are you kidding me? We turned and ran on you. We hurt you. What did he say? I'm here with you. Here with you. These are some of the best words I've ever written down on a sheet of paper. I still believe in you. Let's say that out loud. I still believe in you. Chris Brooks, where you at? Chris, I sure am glad that you opened that door that day and you could hear that God still believes in you, son. You were just a teenager. Now you're a father and you got a wife and young'uns and, and you ain't got the cat by the tail. They all figured out, but God believes in you. You hear me? And now you got a preacher that believes in you. You hear me? Come on. We're proud of you, man. The Chris Brooks message today. Here's the thing. You might not have sold drugs, but you've done plenty wrong. So Chris is us and we is Chris. Yes or no, amen. Come on, man. The disciples were supposed to be leaders, but they were a wreck. They were a wreck. And when he had said this, here's the last thing when he appeared to them. We're not going to be here all afternoon. He what? It's one of the weirdest scriptures you'll ever see. He breathed on them. You know people when they get in your face and they talk to you? And it's like you're a little too close. Back, 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 back it up, back it up. You know what I'm saying? Back it up. That's all right. He must have been close to them. He must have been close to them. He breathed on them. Wouldn't it be nice to, in that dark place that you're living in or that you have, wouldn't it be nice to know that he's just right there? Say, because Satan, those principalities, powers, they'll make us think we're no good. He's way off. You don't matter. He doesn't care about you anymore. But isn't it nice to can, that he says, I love you. I'm here with you. I still believe in you. And you can feel his breath on you. Y'all hear me or not? I know I'm talking... I'm not talking real breath, but I'm talking breath by faith. <laughs> Amen. Say. It's good stuff. So he breathed on him. He said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. And later they were filled with the Holy Ghost permanently. He became the indwelling spirit in their life. And the Lord God, but you might say, what's this breathing mess? How does God breathe on people? Oh, he's an expert at breathing on people. See, that's how you were made. 
I know you, some of you might think something blew up and you're here. That's a big lie, and you're a crazy person for believing it. This is how you were made. And God, the Lord God, formed man out of the dust of the ground. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. That's how you got here. Y'all hear me or not? You might say, no, my mama got me here. Your mama's 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 mama, whatever went here. You hear me or not? He wants to breathe life into you. God can breathe life into you. Into that dark room, that dark place. My failures, my fears, my struggles, my loneliness. I'm just just over here. Man, he wants you. Give him a little crack in the door. And he wants to breathe life into you. It's a beautiful thing, man. It's beautiful. You might say, I'm crazy. Good. Let me stay crazy. Without the filling of the Holy Spirit, they could not, they would not ever be effective for the Lord. Without giving too much detail, these guys turned the world upside down for Christ. That's crazy. Jesus stepped into their fear. But wait a minute, he did it a what? This gives me hope when he has to keep doing it. So here he does. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus. He was not with Jesus when he came to the disciples the first time. The other disciples said unto Thomas, We saw the Lord. He said, I don't believe a thing you're saying. Bunch of liars. Except I see the hands, the print of his nails. I put my finger in the print of his nails. I stick my hand in his shut. I'm not going to believe you jerks. Well, guess what happened? Eight days later. You know when that would have been this year? This past Monday. Yeah. Easter, Easter calendar. This past Monday. Eight days later, his disciples were still where? In that room. Yeah. Isn't that how we are yesterday? We give him a little crack. He comes in. I love you. You matter to me. I believe in you. And there goes the door shutting again, don't we? I think this is important you see God in this light. I think it can help you in your life. After eight days again, his disciples were then, and Thomas was with them this time. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut. Whoop! He stood in the middle of them, and he said, what? Come up with a new saying. What did he say? Maybe that's the best saying. Maybe that's the one we need. I love you. I'm not angry with you. There's nothing between you and me. It's forgiven. It's gone. Does the Bible say if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness? Does it say that? If it says that, then it's gone! Amen! But we got it on the wall in our room. Get it out of there. Good stuff. The doors are shut because they're still scared. And He says, I love you. I'm here with you. I believe in you. Almost done. Then said he to Thomas, Reach here your finger. Behold my hands. Thomas. Reach your hand. Thrust it into my side, Thomas. And be not faithless, Thomas. But I don't think he said this angrily. I think he's trying to help him. Yes or no? Believe, Thomas. I love you, man. And Thomas answered and said unto him, said out loud, My and my God. How would that work in your room? Say. In that dark place. 
if you cried out to him like that, my Lord and my God. You think it might turn a little light on in there, yes or no? Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because you've seen me, you believe. Last part, say it with me. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. In case there's critics of my message today online, on radio, or in this room. You might say, Clark, why do you talk like this? Why do you put yourself in the room? Why do you talk like that? Because of that verse right there. This is how I believe. I place myself as one of those disciples. I'm in that room. I'm scared. And he walks into my room. That's called faith. You hear me or not? I'd advise you to think about it. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And we're almost done, aren't we, Roger? I hope you're killing me. Roger writes long messages, doesn't he? You might say, Clark, I'm not sure about this door message today in this room. Where is it in the Bible that he wants to come into my room? Oh, I got it. Here it is. Would you say it out loud? It's a great one. This is a great one. This is a Jim Dandy verse. Are you ready? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Oh, it's in the Bible, ain't it? Would you open that door a little bit? You know what's happened to me in my life? I'm going to tell you straight up. When I go through hard times, and when I, when I get in a dark place, I don't eat. I don't eat. Now, when I get a little depressed, I eat like a pig. Okay? I ain't talking about that one. But I'm talking about when ru- the really... the the crap hits the fan and it's blowing everywhere. And it's hard. I don't eat. How many are like that? Like me. Like me. Don't eat. Don't eat. It's hard. Just don't, don't, don't eat. I think that's a killer verse, isn't it? <laughs> that's a killer verse. And maybe that's you today. You're in that, that place is dark and it's... And maybe that's you. You just, ain't, you just ain't taking care of yourself. Boy, he is knocking. How do you know he's knocking? Because you're here today. Knock, 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 knock. He's talking to you today. He wants you to open that door a little bit. He's not looking for you to get your act all together. <laughs> he knows you. Would you let him come in and just have a little supper with you? What you going to feed me? I'm going to feed you this, Jesus says. I'm going to feed you this. I'm not angry at you. Eat on that one. I'm going to feed you I love you. Chew that. I'm going to feed you I'm with you. I'm with you in the room. You're not alone in the room. No, I'm I'm right here. And he's going to feed you this. I believe in you. I believe in you. That's what he told his disciples. And it worked. (laughs) Did they still run from him? Yes or no? If you know the disciples' story, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
they ran up to Galilee, and then they're somewhere else, and then finally they're back in Jerusalem, barely hanging on, and the Holy Spirit comes, and the rest is history. Amen? So the fact of the matter is, He wants to be in your room. Many other signs truly did Jesus do in the presence of His disciples that aren't written in this book. We don't know how many times He appeared to His disciples. My gut tells me a bunch. My gut tells me a bunch. We don't have all the times because they were screw-ups and you're screwed-up and I'm screwed-up and we need him a lot. And I think that's what that verse means. But these are written. Which ones? The ones I have. Why? That you might do what? Believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that you believing might have what? That's God's will for your life. He wants you to be saved, but He also wants you as a believer in Christ. He wants you to have abundant life. He wants you to live, and He wants to help you with your fear. We have to deal with fear. We have to deal with fear, and we have to have faith to deal with our fear. Amen? Roger, I think we're done. Thank God you keep writing here. Jesus steps into our fear. Let's thank the Lord. We're done with the Word. Amen. Come on. Bang! Good stuff. I liked it. I liked it. Come on.